0: This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Cascavalsian.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to. This episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, this is Brian Kaskavalsian from G4 Marketing Group. And on today's episode, I have with me Ty Adams. Now, I was at an event, I don't even remember, this was a couple months ago, three months ago, and um, I spoke at this event, and um, right across the, the hallway from me was a a booth set up, a table set up, and it said results, result, business results. So, of course, I had to go over there and talk to the dude that was at the table, and it turns out to be Ty Adams. And I told Ty before we started this recording that I don't normally just kind of walk up to somebody, have a conversation with them, and after five minutes say, oh, you need to be on my podcast. Um, but that's exactly what happened with, with Ty. Um, his company is called Adams Business Results, and he works only with contractors. Now, he was in the business, like me, for a very, very long time. So I'm going to ask him to give us his background, and then we're going to talk about some really important things that um, will help you to grow your business, but grow your business in a way where it's stable, secure um, for the future. So Ty, with all of that, welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thank you for being here.
2: Ah, Thank you for having me. It's it's a great pleasure to be able to talk with you and uh, your audience.
1: Cool. So give everybody just the two-minute version of your background because you're not just any old consultant that happened to find the home improvement industry you actually have a little bit of experience so tell us about that
2: uh yes so my my introduction to the uh, contracting industry uh, began in uh, 2002 and uh, i came to the contractor industry uh, from the it world i used to be a java developer and a a database programmer and um, My introduction was knocking on doors. I did door-to-door sales for a exterior restoration contractor, roofing and siding, and uh, windows. And as I started going through that process, I realized that I was good with people, and I slowly rose up the ranks and became sales manager. And after a while, I realized I kind of knew what I was doing, so I figured I'd do what everybody else does: start their own business. It's the American dream, you know. So. I started my business, a company called Patriot Service Network, and um, we did quite well, and I decided to conquer the world, and I expanded, and I expanded aggressively. Um, I'm based out of Minneapolis, and we started Minneapolis and went to Denver and Cleveland and Omaha and Wichita and, and a couple of other smaller tier two markets. And lo and behold, um, after all of that aggressive growth, I found myself in a, in a place where um, people were not paying their bills, my customers, and therefore I couldn't pay my bills to my suppliers and subcontractors. And that was not a good feeling, um, going from thinking I'm the master of the universe to, okay, how am I going to shut down my business? So I went through that process and then shut my business down. And then um, I worked with another company that I helped start, and I was the president of that company. Um, called Legacy Restoration, uh, for the previous six years. And that is, encapsulates in a quick two minutes what my experience is in the uh, construction or contractor background.
1: Yeah, so what's interesting about that is is you and me have that kind of shared uh, where we expanded like crazy, did really well, and then the business business can just kind of get away from you, can't it?
2: yeah it's you know it's the old adage, you know you're only as good as your people, and when you're expanding you are you are hiring um, um, maybe people that aren't exactly up to your standards, but since you're expanding, you need people, you need a bunch of people, yeah <laughs> volumes of them so you may you might not make the best hiring decisions in that process and so while you're going through that you know you see your ar you see your revenue and everything looks great but you, you know you still have to have execution you, i mean you still have to collect the money you still have to bring it in and um you know that was a piece that it, it, I didn't it didn't escape me, but I didn't pay as much attention to it as I should have I didn't pay as much attention to the training around those particular, you know, the collections process and and Staying on, on, on top of the homeowners and a lot of our homeowners dealt with insurance claims So, you know, there was some some extra factors that needed to be cared for as far as mortgage companies and, and, and insurance carriers, so you know, there was there was some uh, detail that was left out that um, I would attribute to the downfall of, of that company
1: well let and me ask well let me ask you something though when you started the next business um, did you make those same mistakes
2: no in fact we <laughs> 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 that company was largely based on on those failures and, and that's really a big part of you know kind of my mantra is that, you know, failure is really the, the uh, first step towards success. You know, there's, you know, earlier on in my career, I had a fear of failure. And, and a lot of times, um, that fear of failure holds people back. And, you know, thank the Lord, you know, some of us are crazy enough to be entrepreneurs and go out there and, and you know, and, and, and risk and and uh, put ourselves out there to be able to um, do, do the best that we can do. Um, but that that failure of that business really spawned not only the uh, the next business legacy, but also my consulting career, because that's really what when I started taking a look at, you know, how can contractors um, do business, make money, and then and, and do it in such a way that protects themselves from losing it? Because I mean, it's it's a, it's a classic story of of gaining those riches and then, and then losing them. And, you know, for the, for the true entrepreneurs, for the, for the people that bounce back, it, it, it's not how many times you fall down, it's how many times you get back up Yeah, and in getting back up. You want to be equipped with the tools to not keep falling down. So,
1: <laughs> You know, one of, uh, I'll tell you, one of the big reasons why this podcast exists is not only to talk to people that are, um, successful and have done everything quote unquote the right way, which you and me both know from experience, even though it looks like it from the outside, that's not always how, uh, how it, it turned out, but there's also, we also have to look at warning signs. We also have to learn from people like you and me, like a lot of the people that I have on the podcast who have failed and they may not have had to shut down a company but they've had failure, and we've got to be able to learn from both success and failure. And I, and I'm with you. You know, the fear of failure is a huge uh, driving force. It's a motivator because we don't want to fail. But you know, having failed spectacularly, it, it's probably one of the <laughs> best lessons. I ever had, because that's why I was kind of joking with you about the, well, did you make the same mistakes in the next business? Well, you almost go in like with a shield, you almost go in with a, with a a suit of armor in your next business, because it's like, you know, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And the, and the, and if you've learned from those mistakes, you build a pretty solid business after, um after you've you've
2: yeah I mean it's really you know really having been through those experiences and you get back into business again you you have the advantage of having a roadmap okay yeah so when I when I talk to my contractors and and, and try to you know encourage them and and in coaching them letting them know look this is like visiting a new city and just being plunked down in the middle and there's all these wonderful features and parks and and attractions that you can go visit that you want to go see but if you don't know how to get there you're going to just start asking people on the street now how many times have you asked for directions and you get the wrong directions because you know you're just asking Joe blow on the street hey how do you do this or where do you where do you go for that and they don't really have anything vested you're just kind of a passerby and they give you some Advice and then you go two blocks down and three three to the east and you show up and it's not where you want to be. So having that roadmap, somebody who's been there before, um, somebody who who can see the risks or the roadblocks down the road, um, is a huge advantage. Um, that's part of going through that failure is being able to have a um, you know a, a prepass or a a, a, a road not too many people have access to. Only the people that went down the wrong way do they know that's the wrong way. So to be able to provide that guidance and you know, what I've found, you know, I've done a lot of following in, in, in my experience and I've found the best leaders are the best followers and that's because they're humble enough to accept advice and directions from other people that have traveled that road.
0: Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah, I, I,
1: I love that. And I'm a big believer in the same thing. And, and to me, I see it. I mean, I talk with hundreds of successful entrepreneurs and I talk with unsuccessful entrepreneurs, not for very long because, you know, they're no fun to talk to, um, especially when they're especially when they don't listen. You know, especially when they don't want right. to learn, um, when they think that that they 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 have to figure it out themselves. Well, you and me both know the most successful people in any business are, like you said, they're good followers. They listen. They read. Correct. They they never stop learning and reaching out to people and 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 looking for ways to do things better or avoid doing things that can get them in trouble or the, or the wrong way. So
2: that's right. And, you know, in the uh, contractor world, I mean, if you have success, you can make very good profits. You can make a great living and that can become a trap because it can become isolating because you start thinking, well, look how great I am. Yeah. Wow. I made $600,000 this year. You know, I know doctors and lawyers that don't make anywhere near that. And so you start kind of, um, insulating yourself or isolating yourself, thinking that you have all the answers.
1: Right. So let's get into um, let's get into talking about some of the things that you see right now that are issues with contractors, and what are the kind of the ways around that. So what do you, and your experience, um, what's the number one problem that you see contractors dealing with today
2: well number one the first thing right out the bat and it's with a large percentage of contractors successful and uh, and unsuccessful is the issue around cash i mean we've always heard you know the the saying cash is king and it's it's there's a reason you hear that because it's very true I mean, you know, in my previous business that went down, the Patriots, I had over a million dollars in accounts receivable. It didn't mean anything to the people I owed money to because I didn't have it in my hands. It wasn't liquid. It wasn't cash. So, you know, one of the things that I do in coaching my clients is help them set up a template on, on how to deal with their cash. You know, nobody on purpose robs Peter to pay Paul. It, you know, nobody sets out to say, hey, I'm going to take this money from Peter so I can pay Paul. It's just not the way that most people operate. But it, it, it happens by accident because of poor planning, all right? So when you take cash in, you know, I teach my contractors, first of all, to utilize their their gross margin. Okay, What 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 is your cost of goods sold percentage? So for every dollar that you take in, let's say you're... Your cost of goods sold is 60%, you know, so you got a 40% gross margin. You need to put that 60 cents away into an account that is only for cost of goods sold. And then you can play, so to speak, or utilize the other 40 cents for your overhead, for your payroll, for salaries or investments or whatever the case may be. And that right there is the number one mistake or the number one problem that most contractors run into because they, they keep betting on that it's gonna come. Okay, we're gonna continue, it's, it, it's gonna come so I'm gonna take this money and use it. And that gets a lot of contractors into trouble, not just you know bad business trouble, but legal trouble. I mean, and as, as a contractor, If you are robbing Peter to pay Paul, even if it's not your intention, um, you can go to jail. And, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you make if you're in jail. That's uh, not a not a good scenario.
1: Yeah. Would you say that? So let's talk about what the root cause of that is. So. uh, To me, it is about not understanding how the money works. For for example, if, you know, and it's my contention that if you are in business today and you are not netting, netting, after everything is, is paid, including you, if you're not netting a minimum of 10%, you're in trouble. And I think that, what happens...
2: That, that is correct.
1: Yeah, and I think what happens is... People don't understand first off how the how those numbers work and they don't understand how to price ups properly in order to get the right gross margin that you just talked about, and then how to manage their overhead so that they get the right net profit. Would you would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I would I would agree. You know, a, a big part of the um, gap in our in our industry is just you know understanding money and um, using financial statements. You know, what you're talking about is EBITDA, and if you say EBITDA to a lot of people, they don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, and you you are correct that net net that EBITDA if your EBITDA isn't in that ten percent range. Um, there's issues. And you've got to be able to identify what those issues are if if your ebitda isn't isn't at 10 percent plus you know you're you're spending some some money too much in some place or you're not charging enough in your revenue so you've got to be able to understand those dials of of revenue and expense and and uh, what you need to do to get to those numbers and that's a big part of what i do is trying to get the contractors, um, especially the owners, you know, there's a big difference between a leader and a manager. You know, owners, uh, need they need to be bold, but if they're trying to grow, they need to be more of a leader. And, you know, sometimes you, you have that area where how do you stop being a manager and becoming a leader? And a leader is going to be looking at what's down the road and driving to that that bottom line I mean you always hear you always hear bottom line I mean I can't tell you how many contractors I've, I've talked to who have you know they their revenue I'd say okay how much did you make and they would talk to me about their revenue and say, right well, that's that's not what you make that's just what you get to charge tell me what you made there's a lot of contractors that are that are bringing in five to six million dollars and their their EBITDA is at you know two hundred thousand. And it's, it's like, okay, well, it's good. You're still bringing money in, but let's take a look at why it is that low. Let's try to figure out how, how you can do five to six million again, but keep five to 600,000 of it.
1: Yeah. Because if you look at, you know, so one of the things that I learned, and, and I think you learned it as well, is when it comes to cash flow, is that business ideally is funded through cash flow. Not through debt, not through um, accounts receivable. Um, so, for example, if you do, if you do, let's say five million dollars a year, four hundred thousand dollars in business a month. You know, the fi- a lot of people. You're right. You ask them, well, you know, what what uh, uh, what'd you do uh, last year? What'd you make last year? And they'll tell you their top line number. They're five million. It's like, no, nah, I don't know if I care so much about that. What'd you make on the five million? You want to impress me? Right. You want to impress me? Tell me you made fifteen points. Tell me you made seven hundred fifty thousand right. dollars, and your business is debt free. That impresses me. Right. You know, it's it's, right. it's not. You know, I'm I am i am in a world where you know you got guys that are you know talking about oh I do thirty million, I do forty million, I do twenty five million, whatever. It's like okay, great. That used to impress me. Not anymore. Right. Because, because what I also <laughs> found out was a lot of these guys are at a three or four percent net, and it's like you're 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 potentially in trouble. You know, you might be able to get away with that now while things are good, but when things turn, right. that th- that that three four percent margin, that ain't gonna that's not gonna cut it because you could you lose ten percent of your business off the top. Your margin's gone, your profit's gone, and now you're in negative territory. You're gonna get back everything you made. So, Correct. yeah, so ideally, Correct. you know, if you do $400,000 in revenue this month, you put $40,000 aside. Now, if you wanna distribute some of that back to you, okay, but if you gotta grow, if you gotta hire people, if you need more marketing, if you need more salespeople, whatever, you take it from that $40,000 in profit. Um, that's where it's yep. funded from. And that will right. help keep you out of trouble, right?
2: Yeah, and, and people, they have to under, you know the owners, they have to understand or at least name their strategy, okay? If they are in growth mode, growth consumes cash as you just alluded to, mm-hmm. okay? So growth is very expensive. Mm -hmm. But when most people think about growth, they just think, oh, how much more money am I going to have in my bank account? And, you know, they they need to have an understanding that if you're going to grow, you're going to have less cash. And if you're going to grow, you better stock up some cash to be able to do it. Because if you think you're going to grow on the fly, that is not a um, good situation to uh, be in because you can sustain it for a bit but it, we get back to what I what I talked to earlier which is when you grow you you have to make good hiring decisions i mean your 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 hr performance i mean it's 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 incredibly important and especially you know you got you got guys who are doing 10 to 15 million and and they're netting as much as guys who are doing 2 million yeah so you know and there's nothing wrong if you want to stay that two million and 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 net a a decent living there's nothing wrong with that but if your desire is to grow you have to have a game plan because you know again the old adage if you if you fail the plan you plan to fail yeah this is all about plan 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 it it, that's the way any great team executes it's all about execution and results and too many too many times contractors can get lucky so to speak uh, um, because they might have a good year or a great couple of years and they're just operating in the here and the now and what's next instead of actively planning what's going to happen in the next year and the next five years and and, and and really what people need to understand is just because you plan for it, things always change but at least when you when you're planning you're you're, you're proactively thinking about um, how how you want to execute this plan? Do you want to hire three more people next year? Do you need to finally get that uh, an HR director um, instead of having your receptionist be your your uh, receptionist, bookkeeper, HR person, which is a recipe for disaster, by the way.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you said that about the the thinking about the future because. That's also something that I think you and I both learned from as well is that you got to be, you can't just think about today. Just because I'm telling people right now, I'm shouting it at the top of my lungs as much as I can, is that just because business is good today, like as good as it's ever been, it doesn't mean it's staying like this forever. And so you've got to be prepared for. When things do turn around, and I and I say to people all the time, this is not gloom and doom talk. This is opportunity right. talk. This is take the opportunity right now while things are good. And um, I think my, my father-in-law used to say there are – Fat cow years and their skinny cow years, and in the fat cow years, you have to prepare yourself for the skinny cow year. something like that. He used to say, and um, right. and I think that that's I think that that's really good. And by being at at, at a minimum of ten percent, I get at fifteen. By the way, you and I both know people that are probably you know I know people that are twenty plus percent net right. in this right. business. It right. can it can be done. Um, yes. So let's talk about, so now, you know, let's shift into, you brought it up. So let's talk about, because I know this is something that you work with your clients on every day and that is business planning. So talk to us a little bit about business planning. What does that look like? How does somebody that isn't necessarily doing business planning or they think they might be business planning What does it look like when you kind of do it, quote, unquote, the right way?
2: So, well, first of all, we have to demystify business planning, okay? Business planning isn't a, you know, some 100-page document that, you know, takes, you know, uh, eight months to complete and has all of these algorithms that are super complex. It's not. It's fairly straightforward information. So I think that's a big part of it is, is that people business planning but unless they've been classically educated or you know have a master's in business or whatever the case may be they they kind of stay away from it and and you know it, it, it's a term that's thrown around a lot but we do need to demystify it it's fairly straightforward I mean you have an executive summary to begin with you know what is the state of your affairs who who is running your business okay Um, what do what, what do they do? So just basically stating that, and then, you know, to follow it up with your business description, you know, what, what, what do you do and how, and and, and how do you go about it?
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, One of the things I say, I, I say to people a lot, and this is something I'm struggling with right now as we speak is what do I need to fire myself from this week or this month or this quarter? What am I doing right now that I shouldn't be doing that somebody else should be doing for me? I mean, you and I both know the most successful people in this business, the leaders as you call them, the ones that are forward thinking, that are running these yeah. big organizations, they don't do anything. I mean, most of their most of their days are spent in only strategic activities. And a lot of these, a lot of them only work. You know, quote unquote, work really a couple hours a day because that's really all that it takes to be to be the leader of the business as long as you have, like you said, have the right people in place.
2: Many of my clients um, want to be able to utilize my services on a monthly basis, so it's really going to come down to. You know, what types of things are, are, are they needing? So as far as my particular services, you know, business planning, as, as we already touched upon, I, I definitely help in that area. Um, risk mitigation, uh, risk assessment. Um, I also work in sales development. Um, by, by nature and my first love in this business is sales. I love it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very, Great. very adept at that particular uh, at that particular training. But then also group group training as well. If they need me to come in and, and, and help them lead their team um, or give them ideas on what type of structure should should be in place to develop their uh, their uh, their team or company, I can do that as well.
1: Cool. So how do people uh, but the
2: best way for for anybody? To... Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, how do people find you?
2: Uh, So the best way would be to go to my website. That is AdamsResults.com. And um, they could also, obviously on the website, they'll find this information, but they could contact me via my email, which is Ty, that's T-Y, at AdamsResults.com. Or they can call my cell phone, 612-267-9751. That's 612-267-9751.
1: All right. So here's what I would say to... To you that are listening, if uh, you've ever thought about, hey, maybe I need a coach. I need somebody to to talk to. Um, if you don't have a good mentor that you meet with that's helping you guide your business, a coach like Ty uh, might be a really good solution for you. So if if you're open to the idea, I would say you know take Ty up on his offer. Go to his website. Take him up on his offer of the, the the what do you call it, the thirty minute.
2: Um, I I do I, I do a thirty point plus, so I I, I touch about thirty oh, or thirty five areas.
1: Of, oh, okay. Of,
2: of inspection, so I just basically go through and, and take an assessment um, where they feel they have needs or where they feel they have strengths. So I can, so then I can start customizing um, a game plan for them.
1: Perfect. So look, so take them up on it, go talk to them. You don't have to hire them. And look, I don't make any money off of this. I just want to be very clear. I don't make one penny off of, off of, um, you know, bringing Ty onto the website, again, I just feel like this industry needs more guys like Ty. We need more coaches. So that's why I wanted him to come on. I wanted to introduce you to him and uh, hopefully you'll reach out to him. It's Adams results. We'll put it in the show notes as well, but it's AdamsResults.com. A D A M S R E S U L T S. So, Ty, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. And uh, for all of you listening, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, and I will see you next time. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. And finally, we started The Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing